0: You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins. With me is Mike Chappell. Dave feeling a little under the weather today, but we hope to have him back next week. Today, we're going to preview the Colts' upcoming matchup against the Washington Commanders. It's a substantial matchup, not only because the Colts still at 3-3-1, are. Uh, in theory, vying for playoff position still. But Sam Ellinger will be making his first career start after the quarterback change this week. And, Mike, just yesterday on Wednesday, you got a chance to speak with Matt Ryan about, uh, I mean, this his benching. This is the first time he's been benched in his career.
1: Yeah, he'll miss his fourth start in like 240. So uh, he 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 handled it pretty well. He was waiting for us as we walked in the – the locker room. Normally, I think when a guy's hurt, we get him, I guess when he's healthy, but this time he was waiting for us and it was the classy thing to do and he made it very clear. He was disappointed, uh, surprised. Uh, he wouldn't go much further than that, but I, I, I know from discussions of that elsewhere that he was very upset. Pro- what was most concerning to him is that it was if you remember what Frank said you know right now Sam's our starter for the rest of the season well that's simply discarding Matt Ryan is, is what that's doing and I think at the very if, if you had given the team a do-over what it should what would have best served them to say is you know Matt's out for a game or two and we're gonna roll with Sam and then and then we'll reevaluate we'll see where this thing goes barring injury to to Sam Ellinger and, and Nick Foles, how do you go back to Matt Ryan? I, I don't know. So uh, he, he wasn't he, – he was very, very classy in what he said, but it was obvious that he was upset. We asked him if he could have played this week with the shoulder. He said, I don't know. He said it would have been close, but uh, that was taken out of his hands.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a class act the way he handled it, and that, especially his comment – about where he talked about he had always been a believer that you do your best to play the role that the team assigns for you. And so now his role is to kind of be a mentor in a way to Sam Ellinger and help him as much as he can. Um, So I I, I liked hearing that from the veteran quarterback. Hopefully he's able to um, give a lot of wisdom to uh, Mr. Ellinger as he's about to make his first start. And it's got to be an extremely – Difficult time for Matt Ryan, who, you know, MVP, Super Bowl appearance. Uh, what was he, the third overall pick back in the day? A uh, player who, you know, I, I'm not sure if he's a Hall of Famer, but he's he's kind of on that edge, maybe just below the Hall of Fame status since he doesn't have any, you know, championship to his name. But definitely a player of high pedigree, and it's got to be extremely difficult at the end of his career, this is not how he envisioned this season going. And if this is the end of Matt Ryan, um, at least as a starting quarterback or a viable starting quarterback, I'm sure this is not how he wants to go out.
1: Yeah, and twice he was asked about because remember what Frank Reich said, how you know we we didn't hold up our end of the bargain with the trade about bringing him here with an offensive line and running game. And he was asked that twice. Do you think the Colts let you down? And he just wouldn't really bite. He said, "We all hoped." He said, "When I came here, you know, I, we saw things differently as far as where this team would be, and we all needed to be, be to play better. It's, this is about winning games and being productive, which they've they, they've won games, but they've not been productive. So, yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see where this goes. Uh, might we have seen the last of him? Maybe, although we, we've got ten games to go." And to think with the way this line's played that Sam and, and Nick Foles will stay healthy, I mean, based on what? So, so we'll see. Uh, I'll tell you an interesting question it was brought up by Kevin Bowen. And he said, have you thought about asking for a trade? And that's really an interesting question, the trade deadline's next week. And if the Colts, as they've kind of indicated, that they're through with Matt Ryan after seven— Remember, they made a two-year— commitment to matt ryan and it lasted seven games so it 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 would be very interesting a playoff borderline playoff team is a backup quarterback or a starting quarterback away would they be willing to take on matt ryan the the colts would probably more than happy since since they're about face on him he would cost a new team this year about six million maybe $7 million of his base salary. Uh, so, uh, interesting. I think we won't get into it today because it, we've got a game to preview. But th- with the trade deadline next week, if they go out Sunday and just are atrocious, I don't think that's going to be the case. What do you do? Do you start looking around and getting rid of? A player or two, Stephon Gilmore, uh, you know Yannick and Gocke. Yeah, I mean throw throw some names out there, Ryan Kelly, because of because of cap and and all that. Uh, Frank was asked of if moving to Matt Ryan was or moving to Sam was a sign of waving the white the white flag, and Frank really went hard, pushed back hard against that. That's not in our DNA. Blah blah blah, and he's right, but. If it doesn't go well right away with Sam, does this team look to be a, a seller for the trading deadline? That would be waving the white flag.
0: I think Chris Ballard's not doing his job if he doesn't at least look into it, um, especially players with hot, on expiring contracts. I, I mentioned Yannick just because he's in the final year of his deal, and while he has gotten a few sacks this year, I don't think he's quite made the uh, snap after snap impact that the Colts hoped he would. Um, Matt Ryan being traded, man, I I just have a difficult time thinking of a team that would want to take on Matt Ryan. The only one I can really think of is, say, the 49ers go out there and Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt and he's done for the year. 49ers are a team who's all in and Shanahan worked with Matt Ryan and got them to a Super Bowl and MVP season. So uh, I could see a scenario where the 49ers just trying to save their season maybe uh, would be interested in Ryan. Uh, but other than that, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But first things first, Colts got to see how they play on Sunday. And if they get a win and they look good, I'm not sure they're exactly going to be uh, having a fire sale because, I mean, Ballard and Reich, I think their jobs are kind of on the line. And they're, they're not ready to wave the right flag because their job security just isn't there right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I
1: was so looking forward to that Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz showdown Sunday at Lucas Oil, and now that's not what we're going to have.
0: No, we got a Heineke-Ellinger showdown, and uh, uh, honestly, I'm kind of here for it. It's it's uh, it, I think it's going to be a fun game um, in, in a lot of ways. But before we get to the game, a uh, few pieces of news that I'm going to get to here. The Colts have signed Punter Nolan Cooney to the practice squad. This comes after Matt Hawk struggled mightily against Tennessee. We talked about it on Monday, but... He had punts of 32, 29, 27, and 28 yards. Also had a 60-yarder that he kicked out of the back of the end zone. None of his punts were down inside the 20s. So the Colts bring in Cooney to at least say, hey, Hawk, you're you're replaceable. If you don't get it together here soon, we'll bring someone else in. We've already done it at kicker. We'll do it again at punter. And thank God Dave's not here because I'm sure he would be uh, screaming about how this guy, Nolan Cooney, who's never seen game action in the NFL, but he did go to Syracuse, Dave's beloved Syracuse. So uh, that's, that's about all I have on Cooney for you, but definitely um, bringing in some... Uh, backup punters there just in case Matt Hawk goes out there and uh, shanks a few more punts last bit of news Colt sign linebacker Forrest Ryan to the practice squad and release DeMichael Harris so bringing in uh, linebacker depth as their linebacker who's been playing a lot of special team snaps um, is injured that would be Grant Stewart they traded for him Early in the year from Tampa Bay, he's dealing with a pec injury, so they bring Forrest Ryan, who um, you might be familiar with from the preseason, back to the practice squad.
1: One other, one other piece of news. Just, I don't, I didn't scan your your outline the whole way, but Sunday Tarek Glenn goes into the Ring of Honor, so you know that's it's always it's always a cool day because I tell you, all the stars are coming out. Peyton will be back and Jeff Saturday, Marvin Harrison, Edron James. So it's really cool to see this. And i said for the last several years, Tariq Glenn was overdue. He should have been in before now. I talked to Tariq yesterday, and he's really excited. So it's kind of cool to see Tariq getting his just due and having other Colts come back. I mentioned to Peyton Manning, I said, boy, you're going to be in town. You can watch – Sam Ellinger and Taylor Heineke, I said, enjoy.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I had it a little later, but let's go ahead and talk about it now. Three-time pro bowler, and I mean, he just did a, such a great job protecting Peyton Manning's blind blindside um, for – uh, about nine seasons there i know his rookie year he played guard but then played re- left tackle the rest of his career retired after the super bowl victory very well deserving of a spot in the ring of honor and I, I i reggie wayne agrees with you this was overdue i saw a comment today um him stating that Tark should have already been in so a lot of those colts from those those glory years of the uh, early 2000s are going to be in town and that's going to be a lot of fun so anybody attending the game On Sunday, we'll get to see the Ring of Honor uh, induction of Tar Glenn. Mike, what does Hancock Health's membership in the Mayo Care Clinic mean for you? Well, I'll tell you. It means our independent health network. Goodness, (laughs) this is my first time reading it. It means our independent health network now has access to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means Hancock Health Doctors... Can now, consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at hancockregional.org/slash Mayo Clinic. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the injury report here. We know Ashton Doolin will not be playing as he's still on IR with that foot injury. Wednesday's practice report couple veterans had a rest day. That would be Stefan Gilmore and defensive end Yannick Ngakwe. We already know Matt Ryan not practicing with that shoulder injury. Defensive end Pay still not practicing with the ankle. I would not expect him to suit up this week, though that was a pretty severe ankle um, injury there. I believe a high ankle sprain, if I'm uh, correct, and that's going to take him probably another week or two before he's ready to uh, start practicing and get back on the field. already mentioned linebacker Grant Stewart with the pectoral. He did not practice Wednesday. We'll see if he can get back um, the next couple of practices so he can uh, participate on special teams in this game. Limited participants. That would be center Ryan Kelly with a knee and linebacker Jojo Doman with an abdomen injury. Full participants, wide receiver Kiki Cootie coming back from the concussion, so that's good to see. Long snapper Luke Rhodes. Um, listed with a shoulder injury, but he was able to practice fully. Linebacker, Zaire Franklin, also a shoulder injury. And then the star linebacker, Shaq Maniac Leonard, full practice with the back. Mike, you had a chance to talk to Shaq. Uh, What are your feelings on his availability for Sunday?
1: Yeah, he was – he never gives us – you know, uh, definitive because it's it's as we found out last week is not in his hands. He wanted to play last week and he was voted down. I got more of an upbeat uh, vibe from him this week. I think he does play. He just said, you know, I asked him. I said, isn't the uh, the intent to kind of keep stacking good days on top of another and get better? And he said, yeah. And he said he he gave the impression he's just feeling more like I'm feeling more like myself. I'm feeling more like a linebacker. So I think there's a very good chance. Shaq plays Sunday, which this defense has played really, really well. I think overall, and the one thing that's been missing are the shock plays, the, the the takeaways, and that's that's the the core of his game. So if he's back, it could be a nice little boost for a defense already playing winning football.
0: Yeah, it'd be great to get Shaq back and see some of those um, Shaquille strikes, knocking the ball out of uh, running backs and wide receivers' hands to get uh, get some fumbles there. Really, it's going to be extremely important to get some turnovers and really help out an offense with a brand-new quarterback out there, um, maybe give them some short fields to work with. Um, did you see uh, anybody on Thursday, any new news from the Thursday practice report, or is it pretty status quo? It's
1: pretty status quo. The guys that were rested will be back. I didn't make it out to practice. I was doing something else. But no, again, the only issue is Quitty, which this will be, what, his third game I think he's missed?
0: I believe so. He got hurt in the Broncos game.
1: Uh, that bears watching. He would, I mean, it, it, they didn't put him on IR with the idea that he, that he wouldn't miss four games or, or that he wouldn't be able to practice. They didn't want him to miss four weeks of practice, but he's not been out there. We'll see. But by and large, uh, except for the quarterback, uh, they've pretty much got their health.
0: That's good to see there. Um, Looking at the commander's side, we know Carson Wentz isn't going to play. He's on IR with that broken finger. Their star uh, defensive end Chase Young is still on IR from a knee injury he suffered last year. I saw a report that he uh, will be designated to return next week, so the Colts will not have to be worrying about Chase Young this week. Um, Players who did not practice for the Commanders Wednesday. Wide receiver Jahan Dotson, the first-round pick, is still dealing with a hamstring injury, and he has not played since week four. Starting cornerback William Jackson, he has a back injury. He hasn't played since week five, and he's uh, requested to trade from the team. So, you know, that back might still be acting up until the trade deadline passes. Uh, Linebacker... Cole Holcomb, who also starts for the team, he's dealing with a foot injury. Um, he did play last week, so this seems like a new ailment for him. We'll see if he's able to suit up. Tight end Cole Turner, rookie, has a concussion. And their starting guard, Sadiq Charles, um, did not practice Wednesday with the illness. So we'll see if he's able to recover and uh, start on that offensive line for Washington Sunday. Limited participants. Limited participants for the Commanders. Tight end Logan Thomas dealing with a calf injury, so that's two of their tight ends that are dinged up. Wide receiver Diami Brown has a groin injury, and he did miss last week, so that's two of their wide receivers who are dinged up. And running back Jonathan Williams, who has a knee injury. Full participants include their uh, starting right tackle Sam Cosme. Um, He had a surgery to fix an injury in his thumb. He has not played since week four, but it looks like he might be coming back soon. And quarterback Taylor Heineke was listed with a calf injury, but a full participant suggests that it's not that serious. I expect Heineke to suit up on Sunday. All right, let's uh, look at this commander's team now. The three, three and one Colts are hosting the three and four commanders. It will be at Uh, Late later game for the Colts, 4.25 p.m. kickoff. And if you're in central Indiana, you can watch it on Fox 59. Uh, The Commanders have won two straight games, and they're coming off a big road win over the Packers. Their offense on the season has not been that impressive. They're 25th in scoring with a touch under 18 points per game, 24th in yards, 326. Um, Their passing and rushing is pretty even, 19th and 22nd. In the league, they've allowed the third most sacks in the NFL. So the Colts should be able to get after Heineke and harass him back there, especially with Buckner, Yannick, um, uh, and and the rest of that stout front Indianapolis has. And they're kind of in the middle in turnovers, 16th. They have nine turnovers on the year. Looking at their defense, it's kind of so-so, middle of the pack. They're 19th in points allowed with. Uh, a little bit over 22 per game, 13th in yards allowed, 336 per game. They're 17th against the pass, and they have the third fewest interceptions, was just two. Second most passing touchdowns allowed with 14. So 14 to do touchdown pass to interception ratio is not great. They're seventh against the run with 118 yards per game, but they are allowing 4.5 yards per carry, so it's not exactly like they're uh, shutting everyone down on the run there. Just the total yards are not as uh, uh, high as they could be. They have been able to get to the quarterback this year. They're seventh in sacks with 19, but they have the fourth-fewest takeaways in the NFL with just four. So this Washington team... I mean that that's about how the statistics for a three and four team you would predict them to be. Players to watch, obviously, it starts with the quarterback Taylor Heineke. He is eight and nine as a starter in his career. First Green Bay last week in his first start since the Wentz injury, he was twenty of thirty three for two hundred one yards, two touchdowns, and one interception for so decent day out of Heineke. I tell you, if if Ellinger puts up a stat line similar to that, I think Colts fans would be happy on Sunday. Um, For his career, Ellinger uh, completes 64% of his passes, has 24 touchdown passes and 19 interceptions. His top target is Indianapolis' own Terry McLaurin. He leads Washington with 440 receiving yards this year, and he has two consecutive seasons of 1,000 receiving yards um, on his belt. And then that Washington front seven is pretty stout and led by Jonathan Allen, who leads the team with seven tackles for a loss and three-and-a-half sacks. Duran Payne, another defensive tackle, has three-and-a-half sacks and five tackles for a loss. So the Colts offensive line will have their work cut out for them against a defensive line that's uh, 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 really stout. A lot of first-round picks invested in that front seven between Payne, Allen, uh, they took the linebacker out of Kentucky Davis in the first round, and he's, uh, they've been using him on blitzes. He can get after the quarterback. So this Washington team really wants to play defense and run the football. And let's talk about keys to the game now, Mike. I want to talk about Sam Ellinger and how the Colts need to use him to win this game. I think first and foremost, they need to take care of the football. I mean, that's the number one reason why – Why Matt Ryan got benched. Ryan leads the NFL in turnovers. The Colts turn to Sam and hope that he can make some smarter decisions with the football. Heck, just hang on to the football when he gets sacked and not fumble. It would be a great start. Um, I I, I saw a great uh, trivia question for you on Twitter about the last Colts quarterback to win their first career start.
1: 1988. That's amazing. Chris Chandler. He, he's not only the last, he's the only one since like 1966 to win their first career start uh, with the Colts. And it's just crazy because you're talking, you know, Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and and, and Jeff George and, and on and on and on. And it, what, what it is, it, it's when you make your first start, if you're Peyton or Andrew Luck or Jeff George, you, you, you're with a bad football team. That's why you were the first overall pick. So, But then the other ones, you know, Kelly Holcomb, it, it's things didn't go well. Curtis Painter, he comes in when they're 0-3. So there, there's – the team is, is – is, Frank Reich and, and the players, they're saying all the right things. You know, he's got the hit factor. He's got – he's practiced well. And, you know, he's made elite throws in practice, which, you know, Okay. I didn't get too blown up by that, but they really believe in in what he brings. But you just don't know. H- h- how do you know? I I I yes, he played well in the preseason, and we've talked it. I'd rather he played well in the preseason than played poorly in the preseason. But preseason, you're out there against you know your your own level at the time, second and third stringers, and hopefully. If you belong, you, you sort of dominate. And his numbers said he dominated. He he, he he was our leading rusher. So he what's interesting is he brings in a totally different approach and skill set to the offense than Matt Ryan did. He just does. So we're going to see rollouts. We're going to see bootlegs. Uh, and, But at some point, he's going to have to push the ball down the field. I was looking at the stats when you were talking, and the Colts were averaging 9.9 yards a catch. That's just that's that's just not for good. I think their longest play of the year is forty yards, uh, the touchdown to Pierce against uh, Jacksonville. So he's got to play his 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 game. Part of me thinks that what we're going to see is three or four possessions where they're just going to say doggone on it." We're going to get back and run the football, and, and almost to a fault. But that you know certainly Washington is going to expect that. So do you come out and you roll him out and you try to get the passing game going to where it's not 50 passes, but it, it's it's giving him the threat of passing, and then you come back with the run? I just have to believe that if, if he throws the ball 40 or 50 times, it's not a good game. It's not. They need to come out of this to where the passing game is competent. You know, like you said, the 200-some yards that Heineke had with a couple touchdowns and an interception, they'd take that in a heartbeat. But you've got to have this running game give you something. We started to see some of that last week in Tennessee. I thought Jonathan Taylor, what was he, 10 for 58? You know, 5.8. You'd take that. Now 10 carries isn't going to cut it. But as much, you know, like like Frank Reich said, we don't want him to be a hero. But he's got to but he's got to play the position. He's got to make the plays. But they simply have to play better around him. And we talked to Ryan Kelly yesterday, and and so many players were shocked by the, by the demotion. But he said, like, you know, he said, hey, we all need to play better. You know, that's all on us. And until this, we talked on Monday, I think it was, until this line plays better, I don't see how this gets better. So hopefully they give Sam a chance to, to do what he needs to do, and they don't get into some kind of a – trail 14 to nothing or 17 to three where they've been they've trailed at the half in like nine straight games that's just crazy it's crazy that you haven't fallen into a halftime lead but let let, let the game come to Sam let him make the plays and don't put too much on him and we'll see if that's going to be a winning formula
0: yeah we can kind of talk about both these things at once here because my second key of the game is get back to running the football that's that's a must if the Colts are going to win uh and, and win with Sam Ellinger I mean I don't even think they should let them throw 40 to 50 times. I remember last week, the Falcons and the Bengals, the Falcons found themselves down 20-plus points to the Bengals pretty early, and they still only threw the ball 13 times in the entire game. I don't think the Colts should be that extreme, but I think no matter what they do, they need to stick to the run. Very similar to how we saw the Colts' um, call plays last year with Carson Wentz, especially when – Uh, Jonathan Taylor was running the ball so well. They're going to have to run the ball in order to win games. But in order to run the ball, there has to be some threat of the pass. And I think Washington is basically going to come out and say, okay, prove you can pass the ball. Prove you can throw it. This guy's never done it before. We're going to key in on the run until you make us respect the pass. I would love to see the first play of the game, um, Sam Ellinger, play action, bootleg, and hit somebody for 10, 15 yards, something like that, just to keep them honest and say, hey, we're going to throw the ball. We're not afraid to throw the ball, Um, and you're going to have to defend honestly um, so that that way it can kind of open things up for Jonathan Taylor in the run game because we've seen it this year. If there's no threat of the pass, it's far easier to defend the run, especially with the offensive line playing how it's been.
1: Yeah, we saw. You know, we saw when they threw 58 times against Jacksonville, it, in large part at work because Jacksonville really wasn't prepared for that. And then they they sort of tried the same thing at Tennessee, and lo and behold, Tennessee was ready for it. There was tighter coverage, and you know, Jonathan Taylor had seven catches for 27 yards. So yeah, it, it, and part of the run game is going to be Ellinger. He's going to be part of the game to where you know I don't want to see him carry eight or ten times on on design runs for whatever. But he gives them the threat of getting on the edge. And one thing like Frank mentioned on Monday, or I think it was Monday, to where when you have a quarterback with that mobility, maybe he, maybe he breaks containment. Maybe he avoids the pressure on third and five and gets the first down. There have probably been four or five times this year where Matt Ryan has had that chance. To, to uh, avoid the pressure of a collapsing pocket and take off and, and get the first down, not run thirty yards, but run seven yards, and Ellinger will give you that if you, if he has a chance. Uh, quarterback draws whatever he will he will figure it. He needs to figure in the pass in the run game. You know I, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts type. I'm not saying that, but but he gives you the threat of four or five plays a game in a game. He can keep them chains moving, and occasionally maybe he. What was he at a 47 yarder, 50 yarder in the preseason, which was improv. Uh, but but that's what he does bring. I just don't think they can base their offense around Sam being a focal point of the run game. But he gives you a complementary attack that you sorely need.
0: No, he's not that kind of athlete. He's not a Jalen Hurts. He's not even a Daniel Jones. If we're being honest, I mean he. He, he ran a 40 in the 4.8s, and I know the 40 isn't the end all be on on athleticism, but it, he's a good athlete, but he's not the kind of athlete who can go to the NFL and all of a sudden outrun everybody. I mean, we got linebackers running in the 4.4s four these days. Um, so they're definitely going to be able to use Sam in that manner, and I think they need to use Sam in that manner because that adds another element for defenses to worry about. You kind of have to reach into your bag of tricks here and keep defenses guessing as to what the Colts are going to do. I do think Sam is capable of taking off and getting you 10, 15. Obviously, we saw the 40-yarder in the preseason when things the seas just kind of parted for him, and he just took off and go. I'm not saying he can't run, but he's not the kind of guy where you can design your offense to have Sam Ellinger outrunning people consistently. Um, So uh, I, I just wanted to make that clear because I know he's a heck of a whole lot mobile than More mobile than uh, Matt Ryan these days and Phillip Rivers. But, I mean, I'm not even sure he's got the speed that Carson Wentz has out there. And he certainly doesn't have the size. But he is a thick guy who can take some hits and who can go. And uh, I'm not really necessarily as worried about him in the open field because he has that kind of frame where I feel like he can take some hits.
1: Just not too many. Just
0: just not because too many, Nick, because then all of a sudden we're turning to Nick Foles. I don't think anybody wants to see that right now.
1: <laughs> well, apparently the Colts don't either. I mean, of all the people on this team that has to be shrugging, like, what's going on? It's Nick Foles. He went from beloved backup to number three. Now he's, the only reason he's number two is because Matt Ryan's got the shoulders. So, strange dynamic in the Colts' uh, quarterback room right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very strange indeed. I think, I mean, the thing about Nick Foles is he just really doesn't give you any upside on a, on a season long scale. I understand if a game or two you got to put Nick Foles out there, it's not the end of the world. But for the rest of the year, I mean, the, I, I don't see any upside in Nick Foles playing, and he really hasn't played consistently good football since the Super Bowl year. What was that, twenty seventeen, way back in the day? So
1: the statue, the statue year.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> there's a statue
0: yeah that's how, that that's Philly for you but uh it was a, it was a huge huge win for the city and and they celebrated it and goodness gracious um all right so jonathan taylor mike to get him going in the run game we kind of saw it last week against tennessee uh, obviously the run blocking needs to be better i feel like with the threat of the quarterback being able to take off and you can get some more RPO action going on as well I think that might help the run game uh, get a bit of a spark is that the same feeling that you get or are you kind of like I'll believe it when I see it
1: probably a little bit of both I so many people are excited and have been calling for Sam Ellinger and yeah, we'll see I, sometimes be careful what you ask for and I don't and again I'm just trying to be realistic here. Uh, but I, yeah I, one thing I've always when the Lions had such trouble creating seams or whatever I, maybe there'll be a better chance when, when they if they come out and they spread things, spread things out a little bit with receivers and a tight end or whatever and, and you've got Sam and then it's, it's not all bunched up in, the, in, in in the box where it's just a mass of people. So hopefully, again, we saw that there were one or two plays last week where Taylor, he showed when he got out in the open, he still got those moves. Again, I, I said this before; I may have said it Monday. This is still the same player. The, the, he's he's not forgotten what he is and who he is and all that. It's just he's not had a lot of room. Again, his longest run is he's got he had two twenty-one yarders in in at, after the game was out of hand in Jacksonville. So I think, yeah, I think this will be more conducive uh, to getting the running game going. And if they get the running game going early, then they can lean on that. And I think that's the ideal scenario. Is like you see, to be very economical and pick your spots with Sam in the passing game. But like you said, there's got to be the threat of the pass because until you prove you can do it, they're gonna they're gonna assume that you can't do it. Uh, and again, one thing with with Sam outside the pocket, creating time, maybe that's going to open up a few things down the field, to where you, you've got Paris Campbell down the field, you got Michael Pittman down the field. Michael Pittman's sort of been pleading for shots down the field, which they've, you know, I think Ryan averaged 5.4 yards on attempt last week. That's in today's NFL, you can't win that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially you got big 6 foot 4 wide receiver Michael Pittman. He should have get at least one or two jump balls per game down the field. Uh one of those shots on the sideline where if Pittman doesn't come down with it, you know, it's either it's incomplete or maybe it's a third and long and it basically works as a punt for you if it's picked off or something like that, but he's too good of a player and he has um, too much of a size advantage not to get a few shots down the field and I mean, same with Alec Pierce. He's six foot three. He has a forty inch vertical, and he's shown this year that he can make plays. The Colts have um, two studs on the outside. They got six foot seven Jelani Woods. I mean, I I I don't see the reason for not taking more shots down the field. And like we already stated, that's going to be necessary to open things up in the run a little bit. You you connect on a couple of those, and the defense is going to have to back up. Um, I also think Frank Wright is going to. Dig into his bag of tricks in this game. I mean, we've seen things where he gets creative with Hines and Taylor in the field at the on the field at the same time, and you know uh, we haven't always liked the, all of the results of the direct snaps to Hines or to Taylor. Um, obviously, we hate them when they don't work out, but there's been plays last year where they did work out. I mean, I believe the New England game there was a touchdown off a direct snap. Um, I I think to Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor was the lead blocker, and Hines got in the end zone. Um, So I think Frank Wright's really going to be creative this week, Um, keep the defense guessing, especially with Ellinger. Like we said, he can move a little bit more. You can split him outside, and you have to at least keep an eye on him a little bit, maybe more than you would Matt Ryan or someone like that. My final key to the game is a defensive key, stuff the run. Washington ran for 166 yards on that Green Bay defense last week, and one of their two touchdown drives included two runs of 20-plus yards. So if they're able to stop the run, that means they'll be able to force Taylor Heineke into more third-and-long situations. And I get Heineke is by you know by basically everyone's standards a pretty darn good backup quarterback in the NFL. He's around 500 as a starter. But still, I mean, you, you want to get this guy into third and longs where you can really pin your ears back, let your pass rushers go get him, and let your secondary, which, uh, you know, a lot of the talk around of the Colts has been so negative because the offense has been such a disappointment. But this defense has been playing really well. The secondary has been playing really well. Gilmore has earned every penny of his contract with the Colts. And I think Isaiah Rogers has, uh, is quietly earning himself a decent contract, if not here, somewhere else soon because Isaiah Rogers is playing good football. They got the safeties playing good ball, whether that's uh, Rodney Thomas or uh, I saw Julian Blackman. I don't think he started last week, but he ended up playing most of the snaps after Thomas got the start. So really, uh, Mike, I think it's going to be important to stop the run and kind of make Heineke beat you.
1: And by and large, the defense against the run has been – pretty good. What really blows the stats out of the water was the 243 by Jacksonville. That, that one game they went from fourth against the run to 21st. So it, it, it's when you have such a bad game in a short part of the season, it's going to blow you up. But by and large, I think what's really hurt this defense, which is I don't know whether it's tackling, whether it's missed assignments, sometimes it's both, are those two or three gashing plays that they t- tend to give up. So hopefully, I I thought they did a pretty good job, a really good job, on Derrick Henry last week. He got most of his 100 and what was 120-some yards, uh, pretty much in the fourth quarter when they were trying to salt things away. So I like the way the defense is playing. They need some takeaways. That's what the league's built on, especially when your offense isn't really generating points. 16 points a game is just atrocious. So I, I like the way the defense is playing. I think Grover Stewart is having a Pro Bowl season. I mean, he had, was it, 12 tackles last week? The Colts pointed out that was the most this year by a a defensive tackle in the league. It was the most tackles by a Colts defensive tackle since at least 1994. Uh, Buck's playing really well. They need to get more from Ngakwe. I think he's been sort of, you mentioned, kind of quiet. He's had like two sacks at the end of the first half. Uh, They all count, but he's not had the influence. I like the way the defense is playing. Don't don't give Heineke a running game where he can he can to do what we want the Colts to be able to do. just kind of stand back there and throw when you want to make him make plays to beat you.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, both these teams kind of want to play the same way. They both want to be able to run the ball, um, not have to throw it 40 times with their quarterbacks, Uh, both quarterbacks. Honestly, pretty similar when you talk about athleticism. You know, Heineke can get out and run a little bit too, but you're not necessarily uh, scared of it as a defense. So the Colts' defense is really going to have to step up in this one and keep keep the game within reach because I don't think with Ellinger in his first game, the Colts are going to be able to put up you know, 27, 30, 35 points or anything like that. At best, they're going to be able to score in the low 20s, and the defense is going to have to really clamp down on Washington and keep this game, uh, keep this game low scoring, so that Indianapolis can win in a defensive battle where you know we got emphasis on the run, emphasis on turnovers. I mean, to be honest, whoever turns the ball over more in this game is probably going to lose. That's probably going to be what does it right there. So, um, run the ball, stuff the run and take care of the football are three keys to the game. I know it's not rocket science, but it's been something the Colts uh, have struggled to do all three at once um, very often this year. Since 1951, Hancock Health has been centered around you. And now, as a member of the Mayo Clinic Care Network, our services are amplified by the world leader in medicine. We were selected by Mayo Clinic because of our commitment to caring for East Central Indiana. Now, our local experts are taking that commitment further by consulting with Mayo Clinic specialists and working together to make health possible. Learn more at HancockHealth.org slash Mayo Clinic. All right, let's go ahead and move on to predictions. FanDuel has the Colts three-point favorites in this one. That's a bit of a surprise to me, but they are at home. Uh, The over-under is pretty low, 39-and-a-half. Mike, I'll let you go first, then I'll give us Dave's answer, and then I'll finish us up.
1: Boy, don't you like the under? 39-and-a-half. I mean, barring turnovers, don't you love the under? Oh, yeah. Uh, but but having said that, my score reflects the over. I, I I've got Colts twenty three twenty. Based on only the fact that they're playing Washington, and I don't have a lot of faith in them, I th- I think they're going to Frank Reich is going to do his darndest to to maximize St- Sam Ellinger's strengths and and limit. Any weaknesses, which is he's not—he's he's not played, and he's not thrown any passes in the NFL. So, and I—I I just think they get their running game going strong enough. I'm not predicting a, a 170 yards by by Jonathan Taylor, but but I, I think we're going to see where the running game takes a stride. So, wouldn't like I, 18
0: I, carries for 70 yards for Taylor be nice? Yes, in a touchdown, yes. just something decent. Yes.
1: Well, then because you know you're going to get. Six carries for 30 yards by Ellinger, and you're going to have Naheem Hines. Yes. Again, uh, you know, I'm not talking a breakout game. I'm just talking to where, uh, at least it's, it's working. It's production. Right. So, and stay ahead of the chains. And it's good. It, you know, it, these games are always three hours because that's what the NFL is. This could be two hours and 45 minutes <laughs> with the way these teams play. But I've got 23 and, 20, and they'll stay somewhat relevant league-wide because four and three four three and one makes you relevant
0: this is a pretty good sign because Dave's been the most accurate of the three of us this year he's got the Colts winning 20 to 16 so he's also got the under um, I have the Colts winning as well I have a score of 24 to 17 and My confidence in that is that the defense is going to make plays. I just feel like the defense is going to make plays. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a few plays, Um, Pittman. The guys that are supposed to be your stars, your studs, I think they're going to step up. And I also think there's something about starting a new quarterback where the defense doesn't quite know what to expect yet. And I think that's going to give the Colts a bit of a spark, and it's going to keep the defense – off balance and keep them guessing to a certain extent we'll see as um, the games go on if these defense can kind of get a feel for Ellinger and be able to pick up on his tendencies um, and and give him some looks that um, he, he, he seems to struggle with but as of right now he has no regular season film in the NFL no film with guys like Michael Pittman Jr. or Paris Campbell, Pierce, no film with the starting offensive line. I mean, he tore it up in the preseason. I get he was going against backups, but he was also playing with backups. He was throwing to Mike Strons and Patman. I think he had a, Patman had the first hundred-yard preseason game since uh, Reggie Wayne back in the, way back in the day, or something like that. So I think the stars on the Colts are going to be able to help elevate Ellinger, and I think he's. Going to play smart enough football. I, he's going to make mistakes. That's just going to be what happens. You can't go out there, um, not a rookie, but in your first NFL game and have zero mistakes. I'm sure he'll probably throw an interception or, uh, you know, ha- ha- delay a game, stuff like that when you're learning and you're going through growing pains. But I think between the stars on offense and a defense that really is playing much better than they're giving a lot of credit for. And especially if Darius can come back and create a turnover or two, I think the Colts are going to make enough plays to win this one. Um, any last thoughts before we wrap it up here, Mike?
1: Nope. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just very, very curious how this game unfolds, how they use Sam. And it's it's crazy, all the all the intrigue we've had thus far and and there's 10 weeks to play there's 10 more games so i'm really curious how this goes to give us maybe some indication to where this season's going because if they go out there on sunday and get their doors blown off which i don't think it's going to happen but if that happens i mean all bets are off on what on what which direction this team goes
0: yeah i'm right there with you i Yeah, It it was an upsetting game to watch on Sunday, and I tweeted at one point, I'm officially done with Matt Ryan, and it turns out the Colts were too. But now with Sam Ellinger at the helm, it it gives me some sort of excitement watching the game, just not knowing what to expect. I mean, we had gotten to the point where we expect, all right, Matt Ryan's going to go out there. He's going to have two or three turnovers. Um, The Colts are going to fall into a hole, and we'll just see if they can claw their way out of it. With Ellinger, it's going to be a much different-looking offense, and I'm looking forward to seeing something new during a season in which we've endured so much ugly football. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and it's going to be a beautiful display of uh, uh, offensive prowess or anything like that. I'd actually be surprised if that was the case. But at this point in the year, I'm just ready for something different, and I think Ellinger provides that. And By the way, on Saturday – Two uh, SEC teams, we got Kentucky and Tennessee playing with a couple of quarterbacks. The Colts might be interested in drafting this year. So if you got your Saturday free, that might be a game to check in on as well. Thank you so much for checking in on us and tuning into the Colts Blue Zone podcast. You can follow the Blue Zone on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. Follow Mike on Twitter at mchapel51. Follow me on Twitter at RotoStreetJoe. And of course, Dave can be followed on Twitter at Dave G underscore sports. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back Monday to recap the game and talk about Sam Bellinger's first career start. Have a great weekend, Colts fans.